My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. And I'm Skye. And today, we are venturing into the world of numbers. But like, not in like a mat, well, usually not in a mathematical way, though later on, complex equations may be involved <laughs> to figure out certain things. But what we're actually talking about is today, we are doing another pseudo-genre genre. It's like the genre genre, except that we didn't let Twitter pick. And it's not actually a genre, but it's, it's following specific. It's an extremely specific genre that's not quite a genre, more a naming convention than anything else. And that is, what are our favorite dramas with numbers in the name? Yes, that's right. It's the numbers episode. And then later on, we'll be talking about K-pop groups with numbers in their names and how sometimes we have no idea how to pronounce their names. And we're going to, like, explore the world of finally solving the mystery of how you pronounce these groups' names. This is a real two-for-one situation. We're going on a journey, really. It's like, like, yeah. <laughs> real journey. So you get, you, you're getting it both today. You're getting the dramas, you're getting the music. It's together in one beautiful Sunday of just deliciousness, you know? So, all right. Now we got to talk about numbered dramas. There are actually more than you would think, but when I first sat down to think about them, I couldn't come up. I came up with one, and then I had to go through my drama list and was like, oh, there's like a billion. I don't know why I'm, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so worried about this. So, uh, yeah. I know, when so, you're first yeah. thinking of it, it's like, it's just all sequels. Oh, well, like this too. This, it, like, no, there's, there's ones with actual numbers in the title. And speaking of those, Amanda, you begin. Give us one. All right. Give us one that you enjoy. All right. I'm going to start out with my most rewatched one. So is it my highest recommendation? Eh, maybe not. Is it high quality? Eh, maybe not. Oh, I already, listen, I already I know where you're going with this. I already know which one this is. Oh boy. Do I love this drama. Have I rewatched it like eight, nine, ten times? Yes, yes, I have. And that would be the original Two Moons oh. Thai drama. <laughs> Not to be mistaken for Two Moons 2, which is a complete recast and retelling of essentially the same and, story. And it arguably slightly better perhaps, in many ways. Is Two Moons 2 like. The number two moons, number two, yes. or yes. is it okay? I didn't yeah. know if it was like like funny, and they're like two so the moons, T O O. No, 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 two moons. Yeah, digit two one. moons, digit two. Yeah, it's a number two sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> no, which it's two moons two. You can watch if you haven't watched two moons because it's not a sequel. Two moons, I think, is is it ten, twelve episodes, and they tell all of that story, but in the first, like, maybe 
four or five episodes of the second which, one and then which, they tell more story, which is kind of nice. Which I just need to point out, if you're doing the math in your head, think of perhaps how drawn out <laughs> this for, if they could condense it very easily into four episodes. I mean, um, I'll put it this way. <laughs> when I rewatched this show, when I have rewatched it the eight, nine, ten times that I've rewatched it, I usually rewatch the first episode and then, like, skip ahead to, what is it, like, six, seven? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a whole a road trip and they go on a, a school trip thing. And so I... I skip to that, and then I watch like yeah. There's a the, lot of from there um, forward, and I skip a lot of dance practice. There's a lot of dance practice. There's also this song that they sing <laughs> that which also once, has numbers in it. It does. Um, that once you hear it, it lives with you forever. Yeah, Ricky so, likes to like but, just post pictures of it, like just a picture or a gif on the timeline, just to like you know, piss people off so that they get the song in their head, stuck in their head, just from seeing the picture. That's you, like, uh, I can hear this gift. It is a pretty feel-good show, though. I will give it, it this. Is. It does make you feel good while you're watching it. It's cute. It's sweet. It's the story of a, a boy who had a crush on another boy since high school, and he goes to the same university, and and the older boy kind of is kind of mean to him, but, like, they get past that pretty fast but like it turns out the other boy had a crush on him all through high school too but they just never connected and now it's time to connect it's nice it's cute and sweet and if you just want cute and sweet it's a cute sweet little thing to watch it's fun and yeah you can kind of not pay attention through large sections of it because you probably don't need to learn the dance the dance with the simplest choreography ever that takes them literally months to learn. And you're like, why, <laughs> why? Like days, they spend an entire day and they, and it's like nothing. And you're like, why did it take you? The, uh. Anyway, anyway, two moons. It's cute. I like it. It's a really cute show. Personally, I recommend two moons too. I find the, chemistry between the cast is a bit better in two moons too when i watch the second one and when i think of it like if i read fanfics two moons fanfics now i my brain inserts my favorite actors from both versions so like i have like a mixed cast going on in my fan stories so how about you jesse what do you got so um my pick is definitely not cute or funny <laughs> um it's it's a little little or a lot mellow i'm picking a j drama that has been out for a very long time it came out in 2002 and that's 100 million stars falling from the sky I, oh, so you might know because uh, korea just had a remake of it called mm-hmm. the smile has left your eyes but that doesn't have a number, A, and I like the J-drama version better. So that's why I picked the J-drama version. If you haven't seen it, well, there's not a lot I can say without, like, really spoiling things. But, like, it's been out for a while, and so has the other one. And I think everybody at this point should, like, have already figured out that the the story is literally Romeo and Juliet, just retold. And it's about... 
a cop who is investigating this suicide that kind of looks a little fishy. And it leads him to uh, this guy who is like a, a chef or a chef in training or something like that. And like he figures out there's all these kind of like weird connections with like the person who died and just all these other things. And the cop's sister is tied to this guy too because she actually meets him because he ends up dating her best friend. And it goes on a very, very heavy, dark journey. The show is very, like, especially the Japanese version is very dark. I mean, I'm not to say that the K-drama version isn't dark, because it is, but the Japanese drama uh, actually kind of explores a lot more into the characters a little bit more. Um, I feel like the Japanese drama has the the main male lead uh, more gray slash verging on. You can tell he's not a good person and a very manipulative person. However, the K-drama version... It is like very lightly touches the gray area, but like for the most part, you kind of start to just like really just think he's just like the bad boy kind of trope. Mm. I think it's really good and worth a watch if you can get a hold of it. It is obviously an older drama, but I have faith that you will find it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely if you're not into like heavier dramas, you're not into uh, crime dramas and death and darkness and manipulation you're not gonna like it but I think it it does some interesting like work with the characters and trying to figure out what's going on and like what's happening and there were some twists and turns that you don't expect on it and there's a lot more that kind of like goes into the relationship of the cop versus the male lead versus his sister the female lead and just things happen kind of in that and I also feel like the if you're like trying to not go so closely to Romeo and Juliet the Japanese drama doesn't feel like it has to find all the characters in Romeo and Juliet while the K-drama brought in new characters which is good because we talked about it last week about remakes and stuff and having a little bit different but the K-drama really wanted every single character of Romeo and Juliet to be presented and the Japanese version kind of didn't feel that way, which is kind of nice because it kind of allowed the story to be a little bit more tighter and there wasn't extra mm. characters that were like there talking. It's good. Recently, I don't I don't remember where it was, but there was a list of heartwarming dramas. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh my god. And if the smile has left your eyes, the the K drama version, it <laughs> it was on there. And Jesse's oh like, hey, god. no. <laughs> Come and hug me. And I'm like Okay, come and hug me. Yes, there are little like pieces of heartwarmingness. I get that. But it is largely a story where almost every single episode you see the murder of her parents, which is not a spoiler. It's like the first thing you see on that drama. Do not go to either of those dramas for heartwarming and the J, J drama. There's no, no, especially with like, oh God, the smile has left your eyes. I don't. There's not, like, even parts where I'm, like, thinking about, like, heartwarming. I can I can see the moments where they're, like, talking about heartwarming for Come and Hug Me. I can't see that in The Smile Has Left Your Eyes. I just, I love them. I thought they were great. And I I, I will say that the K-drama version is really great. It's a, it's a great retelling. I just prefer the kind of tighter story and, like, some of the character aspects yeah. a little bit. But, like, that does not mean that I didn't thoroughly enjoy 
watching it and and I like watched them both like basically at the same time I, I can't remember how I did it it was like halfway through uh the smile has left your eyes and then I binged the J drama and went back to the K drama I like I binged the J drama in like a day and a half <laughs> 45 minutes 10 episodes it, you can do it but like yeah if you're not into like those dark kind of points then stay away from it but like if that's something like you're kind of into I would definitely suggest seeking it out I uh this sort of the heartwarming list kind of reminds me of uh I was on Netflix the other day and they had like a new you know they have like the random you know like categories that come up and one was new to k-dramas and the first two that they recommended for if you're new to k-dramas was my mister and (laughs) Yeah, and me sang. And I was sitting there like, wow. girl, no. I mean, <laughs> the algorithm are they has great? you. Yes, they're amazing. Are they what are I would suggest? No, I, especially no, 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 no. now, maybe that's not like the dramas yeah. you want to like consume like if, at this point in the time. Like the feel good dramas out there, you know, like. Oh boy, I was just laughing. I was like, no, 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 no. no. If you start with Miss Sang and My Mister, it's really like <laughs> you're going down from there. Those are two really good. Dramas, I know. You know, and like everything after, not everything, obviously, there's other really good dramas too, but like those are two top tier dramas, and a lot of what's on Netflix is mid or bottom tier dramas so even like that they're like in the category in the genre that like is not gonna be the first picked for any of like the major subbers to sub because rom-coms are what drive most of the people and like fun stuff does so like you're gonna very severely limit yourself (laughs) like really quickly (laughs) That said, you totally should watch those two dramas because they're yeah, they are so, very like, good yeah, yeah, Maybe don't start there. Yeah. But if you've never watched a K drama in your life, I you know. I don't know. I wouldn't suggest I, that. No, no. I'd go with something a little lighter, a little more fun. You know. Was it K Bay? I think last week they had a guest on who has only watched one K drama before, and they're doing Legend of the Blue Sea right now. The mm. only K drama he's ever watched is Itawan Class. So he's like, oh, what, oh. what is going on here? Like they're they're making noises when they have like their special effects when they have facial expressions. <laughs> and there's like, I don't this isn't what I was expecting. And they're like, yeah, well, this is pretty Real? typical. The norm. <laughs> I think maybe the other one's not so typical that they haven't watched it, so they're like, I don't know, but we're not surprised by any of these things in <laughs> Legend of Blue Sea that you seem to be surprised by. So, for me, I know what y'all are thinking. I go on about the drama Five Children all the time. So you would think that that would be my pick. But I'm going to completely confuse all y'all and take it in a completely opposite direction with the uh, free-to-watch-on-YouTube series Three will be free. Now, ooh, ooh, this is a spicy little number (laughs) of a show. It's from Thailand. So the plot is kind of fucked up. Okay, there's a male stripper 
you can already tell by this first sentence, this is from Thailand. <laughs> there is a male stripper who is having an affair with the wife of a gangster. Okay. Now, the gangster's son is secretly gay. Meanwhile, the manager, the female manager of the strip club is, like, kind of friends with the two of them. And accidentally... Okay, so that this all happens in, like, the first episode, so I'm really not giving too much away. The gangster then finds out that his wife is having an affair with this male stripper and is like... I'm going to send my two best dudes to take him out. One of the two best dudes is sort of dating this trans woman who's a waitress who hates her job. And they have this beautiful plan to, like, retire from the life of crime and, like, go live in a beautiful little, you know, home in the country. You know exactly where this is going, of course. As soon as you're like, we're going to leave this horrible life and go live in a beautiful... Anyway, so he goes to kill this male stripper at the club. There a fight ensues. He drops his gun. The female manager shoots him and he dies. And the witness was the son of the gangster that they don't know is the son of the gangster. So all three of them are like, oh shit, we got to go on the run. Because like, we just murdered a dude, kind of. Though it was in self-defense, we know that he works for this gangster, so we got to go. But then, of course, the gangster is like, those assholes kidnapped my son. The the trans woman meets up with, like, the guy's partner and is like, we're going to track down those people who murdered your boyfriend. And we're going to, anyway, it all goes to hell. It's a delightful romp, surprisingly, <laughs> from what I've just told you. It's actually funnier than it would seem. Pretty, it actually gets surprisingly spicy for the channel that it's from because it was made by GMMTV, which usually makes more teenage fair. You know, feel good, innocent, more, you know, chaste, shall we say. Like, they'll mention sex but never show it, that sort of thing. Nah, that was gone with this one. They're like, this is a late night GMMTV. But it is free on YouTube and it is really well done and it's beautifully filmed and the acting is really good and it's um it's one of those shows where you're like they're kind of fun to watch because you sort of know like oh every time they think that they're just they're about to get out of trouble they're gonna find themselves in like deeper trouble because of something stupid they did like three episodes previously so it has like that vibe to the whole thing and it's really enjoyable and i recommend it She's making funny faces. <laughs> no. You can't really have so a like, so, Natalia will be like, like, it's enjoyable and it's great. And then she makes a face like it's not enjoyable and no, it's like it the most worst okay. so experience. Like, so when I'm, when I'm watching shows like this, like, and I'm watching Thai shows, my husband will be like lying next to me, sort of like half watching. So he's come to joke that these shows I watch are showing the bisexual wonderland that is... Thailand, which of course is not fully the truth, obviously. Like, we all wish that the world was just a happy gender doesn't matter when it comes to love situation. And sort of, and that, and that is, that idealism is displayed in many Thai shows, even though it doesn't actually reflect the reality of literally anywhere on earth. We all just wish it did, right? But this one has that same 
that same vibe, shall we say. Uh, but it also has Jenny in it. And if you watch GMM TV, you know Jenny. And she is... A delight. Oh, she's the best. She's the best. She's the best. It also has Singto in it. And he's also just... Just mm, and it has Joss Weyer in it. I'm always really bad at describing shows because I feel like I describe them really badly. It's better than I'm making it sound. I swear. <laughs> Sky, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> uh, so my pick is Meet Me at 10:06. Mm. So it, this is a Taiwanese show, and I am going to do a very broad stroke when I say this. Some Taiwanese shows do have the pitfall of sometimes the female leads are kind of childlike as far as they jump to conclusions very quickly. More than K-dramas in general, it feels like sometimes, I don't know. For instance, she's a journalist. So the female lead is a journalist. So you'd kind of expect that she's seen the world a little bit as far as being able to handle some stuff. But it, it kind of has the pitfall of she doesn't quite act like a journalist a lot of the time, but you just kind of have to deal with it. Because that's a Taiwanese show for you sometimes. The reveal for this show happens way, way late, which is great. I prefer that for shows that have a lot of mystery in it. Like, you have no idea what's going on most of the time. But essentially, it's a time travel show. At 10.06 at night, their realities converge for, like, I think it was an hour or so. Their apartments would merge into one, which would be nice and awkward. So you have the whole, like cohabitation but only for a short period of time so that's a thing also the male lead he is the character is pretty much a jerky lawyer very smug and all that and he eventually does change but it takes a long long time and they hate each other's guts for a long long time which is nice because if someone is a jerk it would actually take them a long time to fix that so it actually felt realistic to me as far as if someone does change from that, it takes a fair bit of effort. There's a murder mystery there. Like that's actually a huge part of why they even work together to figure it out. So they're pretty much begrudging partners trying to figure out the crime for quite a while, which is nice. So then it eventually turns into romance later on, but it has Lego Lee in it, which is like anytime he does something, I try to watch it. So I, I find him really enjoyable. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but to me, there's a little bit of murder mystery in it. It kind of has everything. And it definitely has enemies to lovers, but they're kind of more enemies than anything else. And it's not like, oh, cutesy fighting. Like, no, like they really hate each other for a long time. To where I really did think that would change earlier in the show, but nope, they hate each other for a long time. So I don't know. There was some really good twists and turns near the end that I wasn't expecting, especially from that kind of show. And I do think that some people probably do tire of the show a little bit before they get to those twists and turns, Mm -hmm. which I understand. But I I would encourage if anyone does start it to maybe give it know that things might not be exactly as they seem later on. So I was trying to look up because I can't quite remember if they're if the shared apartment number was also one thousand six. I want to say yes. I feel like it was. I was trying to find a picture to, like, back up that information, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So it kind of had that meaning, like, we're meeting at the apartment number, but then also the actual time that their realities would converge. Mm. And I think I think the separation was like two years between their realities, if I remember right. It's from back in 2018, so it wasn't that long ago, but I really liked it. So I will say one thing about her character. Though she does seem 
very childlike at times. But she mm-hmm. also, and I don't remember exactly what type of martial arts, but she was like a champion martial artist of some sort. So she does kick his tail a few different times. So even though she's kind of dumb in some respects, she also does handle herself pretty well with him. So I appreciated that side of her character. We're going to go another round or anybody have any others they want to mention? I do have another one I would like to mention, as a matter of fact. <laughs> what do you got, Amanda? All right, I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with cute and fun, and I'm going to head to Korea. We're going to do 20th century boy and girl. It's mm. story of a famous actress who lives in her own apartment, but it's like her own apartment is the floor above her parents' apartment. And they've like built in like basically a Heidi stairs from her apartment into her parents' apartment. So, well, it's like she lives alone. She doesn't. She lives with her parents. They feed her. They hang like it, it, she just has a really nice big like suite above in her parents' house. But she's very innocent and she's never dated and she's like the nation's girlfriend kind of thing. And she has two best friends. They've all been best friends since high school and there's like the friendship between these three is so good. And you sort of learn by the end of the first episode that there was also a boy. So when they were in high school, there was four of them. There was these three girls plus this one boy that they... the four of them were together all the time doing stuff. They rode the same like bus to school or whatever. And they were all best friends. And she goes overseas, I think to China to do um, like a, a variety show kind of thing. She's on the plane on her way back. She loses her phone or gets, it gets broke or something. And so on the plane on the way back, when she's completely out of touch, a sex tape drops. And everybody believes it to be her. Like there's a mole or something that everybody knows is hers. And and she's going, well, like, I know it's not me because I've never had sex. So, like, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm not in the sex you're tape. Like, I've never you're like, I'm going to be honest. There's there's one large problem <laughs> with, with Larry. theory. And so, and that's part of the thing is that And she's huge, right? Like, she has all the promotions and all the endorsements and everything. And I think when she's away doing this variety show, that's one of the things they talk about. Or have you really never dated? No, I've never had time to date. I've never. So now she's a liar, right? Not only is she gross because she has a sex tape. And I think the guy is married in the tape and stuff. So, like, she's having sex with married men. And she's a big fat liar. And she loses all of her endorsements and all this stuff. You know how it works and drama land and she gets back to the airport still not in touch with anybody because you know she has no idea she doesn't have her phone and she comes out and there's tons of people there and she's like why like I'm used to there being some paparazzi but this is seems excessive for even for me and they start asking her is the video you is it video you and she's like I don't know what you're talking about and Then somebody shows her the video or something and she's like panics and everything. Well, this boy from high school was also on the plane coming back to Korea. He's been living in China for three years or something. He's come back. He sees her and he just grabs her hand and 
you know, covers her from people and drags her out through the crowd until he sees her, you know, manager is there to pick her up or whatever and shoves her in the car. And, like, people are like, who's that guy? Is that somebody else she's sleeping with? And all this stuff that, like, no, it's the guy. And they were neighbors, and he lived in the apartment downstairs from her parents when he was a kid. And his parents have, I think his parents have died so he's renovated the apartment and moved back into the apartment downstairs. So it's like semi-cohabitation because his par- her parents are like, oh, I promised your mom I would look after you. So you should come have dinner every day. And, you know, hijinks ensue. And it's adorable. It's really cute. Like the stuff with her and her friends is super adorable. There is a love triangle, but like. It never gets bad. It never gets weird. Mm. It it was not popular when it aired, and it actually got its run cut. So it does not have – I think it's got, like, 30 30 of the half-hour episodes instead of 32 or something because it wasn't that popular. But I really, really enjoyed it. So my next drama is, again, a very heavy (laughs) – and not (laughs) dark in the sense of what uh, 100 Million Stars Falling from the Sky was. It's – it's heavy and sad in a completely different way. It's also another J-drama, an older J-drama as well. I had a theme going, apparently. Um, <laughs> but this is the 2005 uh, drama called One Leader No Namida, which I it like has a couple of different English names. It's like basically One Leader of Tears, essentially. It's very... <sighs> I only say this just as like a representation of like what you're getting yourself into. It's a very lifetime movie type show, but it's the, done very well. Like the acting's well, the story's great. And it's about a girl. It's actually about an actual true person whose name was Aya Kito. At 14 or 15, she uh, started to experience these symptoms. They were very like off. It would be like she'd all of a sudden just kind of like fall or like she had balance issues and that sort of thing and her mom is a nurse and so they got her checked out and then they figured out that she had this really rare disease which I wrote down so I'm going to try to pronounce it Uh, it's called spinocerebellar ataxia which essentially is a disease that attacks the spinal cord and ultimately what happens is that the person loses all mobility. It's a pretty rapid disease. The show is based on the real girl's journal because she had started to write in a journal regularly, like I guess like a year or so before things happened. And so she just kept up with her journey or her diary. And so she kept up with writing about the symptoms that she was experiencing and like writing about like her thoughts because it was like when she was like just going into high school and she was like, you know, finding guys and she was like kind of popular because she was on like a sports team and she was just working at her family's restaurant and so the whole um series is about the the journey she starts to take from the initial diagnosis on and it's very sad it explores a lot with the dynamics of the family and how it affects everyone not just her like she's definitely the main character and the main focus but like it's shows how it affects like the dad who has to be still working and like the restaurant and that sort of thing. And who doesn't have any like medical background and her mom who does have a medical background and then the sibling and like how 
they like tie together and how they're they have to figure out how to live with this because it's ultimately going to kill her i think she lived to like 25 so it's it's a heavy show but i think it shows a lot of really good dynamics within the characters and how they're responding to this thing that's happening at the end of every episode they show pictures of her like the actual the real girl they show pictures of her and her family and they have like an a little like quote from her diary after her death her mom collected all this stuff and kind of put it like published it so you can actually like read her story but i haven't found it translated yet again it's heavy i know (laughs) but like it has like a lot of like hope because there's a lot of like kind of acceptance because it's, it's something that she can't control and eventually like everybody starts to realize this and just kind of like trying to find the good in what you have left and like cherishing the moments that you have left so it'll make you cry buckets but it's also got a really great heart to it so it's like mellow in the non-crime murder way <laughs> but it's but it sounds like it's not just, hey, we're going to make you sad just for the sake of making you sad. Yeah, I personally don't think they, like, use it as, a, like, a thing to make it so heightened. Like, there obviously is a little bit more of, like, heightened situations. Like, you know, in the TV series, she has a crush on a boy. And so that's, like, a more developed thing than it was in real life. But for the most part, it's not like they're using her story. And mm-hmm. it seems like the family was okay with this series being produced because I mean the pictures that they had on the at the end of each episode were of everyone in her life so it'd be like her with her friends her with her sister her with her parents so someone was giving those Mm. pictures if you can find it check it out (laughs) sorry I give you all jade on my (laughs) (laughs) it's okay like you know maybe one day jade dramas will be easily available If you can't find it, you can actually find, like, a Wikipedia page and, like, resources yeah. about her so you can, like, learn her story and stuff and kind of learn uh, what steps have been taken for the disease. Because it's, it's super rare, but it definitely helped having her diary, too, because she was able to, like, in that diary, talk about things that were happening to her, her body that nobody else would have been able to do, like, even scientists, like, studying the disease, so... Well, I'm going to take it to a to a much more uh, <laughs> happy happy place. I'm uh, I'm taking it to Taiwan uh, with okay. Now, we've all heard of History 3 Trapped and how great it is and whatever. However, before the 3, there was History 2. Now, everyone who likes the History series is like, oh, History 2, Crossing the Line, oh, so great. Yeah, 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 it's it's fine. It is. Whatever. It's great. It's fine. However, for me, I prefer History 2, right or wrong, which is, it's only four episodes long. It's just like a little mini-series. And the basic plot is that A divorced professor falls in love with his Manny, who is also his student, but it's not as lurid as that sounds. Because when you say that, like, oh, yeah, professor and the student who's also his 
male nanny. Like, it sounds pretty bad, but I swear to you, it's not at all. It's just cute. It's very sweet, very respectful. Consent is very important with the two of them. There's a cute little kid because the divorced professor has, like, a five-year-old daughter who's just adorable. It's just, it's really nice. And then there's so much happening, but so little happening at the same time that, like, you get a lot of really cute domestic stuff, like, oh, they're cooking together in the kitchen. Like, oh, they're out with the daughter, like, preparing for her sports day like oh they're grocery shopping together and you're just like this is so nice like it's just so nice and there's very little angst so there's very little of that like oh like there is a okay there is like a subplot about him the younger guy like coming out essentially and like it goes badly when he's in high school but now he's like in his 20s and he's like whatever I'm gay and then there's this whole thing where he's like oh but you're you're not gay am I misreading the situation and the you know the dude's like you know bisexual people exist right like like I'm like 32 like I know what I'm doing (laughs) like chill out like it's really nice it's really sweet it makes you feel good after you watch it and then it's it's the show that if I'm, like, having, like, a really bad day, it's only, like, an hour and a half in total. Like, it's, like, a little movie. And if I'm having a bad day, I go to Viki. It's fully subbed, unlike many things on Viki. <laughs> I just look it up. I watch it, and I'm like, it is Taiwanese. So, like, like many Taiwanese shows, the production value occasionally leads a bit to be desired, but it's not terrible. It's pretty good. Um, mind you, like, then you get to, like, History 3, which had, like, really good production values. But the only reason they did was because History 2 was so popular that they could make another one. So I mean, if you go all the way back to History 1, the production ooh, on rough. that one is it's it's rough. rough. It's real it's rough. rough. It's real rough. So, (laughs) but I I just find it has like a nice balance of like heart and condensed plot and feel good vibes. And you're just like, you're like, oh, there's such a beautiful family. Like, oh, they're so in love. I mean, so like you feel good after watching it. And Sky, what of you? Do you have a second one? My pick is uh, King Two Hearts. Ah, (laughs) yes. Because yes. it was one of the first K-dramas that I watched. And it was my first exposure to, well, I mean, it's it's South Korean media. So, I mean, South Korean media about North Korea. I didn't know anything about North Korea when I watched it. So, King Two Hearts, it's a fictional monarchy in modern South Korea. Like the last monarch, but way not like that at the same time (laughs) (laughs) the reason that i remember i got so hooked on this drama because so lee sungi he he plays a prince for quite a bit of it and he is his character is a jerk he is annoying and you watch 
you want him to not exist for a long time. <laughs> so his brother, the king, like, knew that he was pretty much a mess. And so sent him on this, you know, competition thing with that involved South Korean soldiers and North Korean soldiers having to do things together. And I really enjoyed that part of the drama a lot because there's a lot of, you could call it a found family, kind of, but it, to me it's more of just teamwork stuff and then then figuring out that North or South, they're both human, you know, like similarities between them. And, you know, like you'll see one of the North Korean soldiers watching Girls' Generation music video stuff. So I, I liked that aspect of it. I do wish during that time period in the drama that... Lee Sung Gi's character wasn't such a jerk because he was the entire time during that part. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed. Uh, so the female lead is Haji Wan, and she plays a uh, North Korean soldier, and she kicks tail really, really well. And so it was really enjoyable to watch that. Um, and she did pretty decently with the North Korean accent. So I've heard. I wouldn't know, obviously. <laughs> um, but her character is very innocent, ultimately, mm. when it comes to dating or men or any of that. And Lee Sung-gi's character definitely takes advantage of that. And that's really difficult to watch it sometimes. But as time goes on, he eventually becomes the king. And he definitely doesn't immediately become a good person. It's... Man, I'm picking a lot of stuff with crappy dudes in it that turn okay. <laughs> that might be uh -oh. Uh -oh. It's almost like it's almost like society is trying to to brainwash women into thinking that they should pick douchey dudes because they can help fix them. them. Yeah. yeah. So definitely in King Two Hearts, she tries to fix him and it does not work. No, he's just a Dick. He eventually has to fix himself. Imagine that. Like, hmm. grow up a little bit. I won't get into all the logistics of that. But there's also, like, this villain that is very villainy. Like, <laughs> to where he's, like, cackling-type <gasps> villain. And then Jo Jong-suk is in it, and he's really good. The secondary couple is really good. That's all I'm gonna say about that. And, I don't know. It To me, it's not soapy no almost gets there because yeah. of just you know when you're dealing with monarchy stuff so that means you're dealing with you know the dowager queen and so just there's so many characters and because it's a monarchy i don't know there's a lot of political stuff since it was one of my first k-dramas it really what drew me into it was the storytelling and it was very different from anything else i had seen in western media before so that's why I really enjoyed it. And then is my first exposure to like Lee Sung Gi and I was like, cool. He's really good. By the end of the show, you don't want to murder him. So that's a good thing. I think <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I think it was a pretty popular show. I'm not, I think I it was feel like, yes. I mean, people still talk about it all the time. Yeah. There's another title for it, but I think it was just something like the King, the King with two hearts, blah, blah, blah. He does not have two hearts. He's not like Dr. <laughs> Don't don't be worried about any. It's not yeah, just weird like subplot. They, they never explain the two hearts thing. I think it's essentially he grows up eventually. Like maybe his heart is cold before and then it's warm. That's the the heart two hearts. 
I would not recommend it if you want smooth sailing with the romantic aspect of the show. Mm. Like, if the romance of the show is the only thing you're there for, I would not necessarily (laughs) recommend it. Because there's a lot of push-pull, there's a lot of manipulation. Mm. It's not charming in that aspect most of the time. (laughs) So... To me, there was a lot of other parts of the show that were were really good that kept me watching. And then by the end, you're like, okay, I'm okay with the romance. Like, you kind of accept it and move on. But sorry, I keep picking things with jerky dudes. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, we we like what we like. That's okay. Don't <laughs> worry. Something I even liked, gosh. There are so many K-pop bands with numbers in their names, or their names are just numbers. Some of them are easy to figure out how to say it, like, 17 or day 6, like, 2 p.m., 2 a.m., you can pretty much figure those out. That's, that's how you say it. <sighs> However, some of them take a more confusing route. <laughs> how the hell you're supposed to say their names? Is it AB6? Is it AB6? I hope it's not abscess, because if it was, that's very close to abscess, and I don't like that. (laughs) Also, I mean, like, I'm sorry, that group is very, very tiny. That's always when they were on, like, the the music stages. I'm like, I don't believe any of these kids actually have abs, and there's not (laughs) six of them here. So what is, what's going on? (laughs) Like, that's the other thing is when they, like, you know, it's like abscess is this, like, because they have six packs, are there six guys in the group? No, they're like, oh, wait, are there? I don't. There's own numbers. There's five dudes. Didn't they get rid of a number? Yeah, I they did. Yeah. So okay. I'm looking into this. I'm looking into this. Yeah. So the AB in it stands for absolute, while the six stands for five members plus one fandom. They're pulling a seventeen on us <laughs> with this one. <laughs> the, my my search did not actually tell me. Um, how to pronounce it, uh, but you know it. One of the uh, ones that I I think Wiki or something said it was AB six. And I'm I'm pretty positive right now they're only at currently four. I members. think yeah I think there's only four. So they're gonna have to come up with another mathematical um, <laughs> equation. Plus another the music. equation. Plus the fandom. Plus the music. Or <laughs> yeah. I actually I like their music. I think that they're great. I like them. Uh, I like Daewee. He's my fave. I love him. He's, his energy speaks to me on a personal level. So many groups that have numbers in their name based on how many members there are. Like SF9. Got seven. Nine, mm-hmm. right? But <laughs> there's so many groups that have names like that that lose a member. And so then the yeah. number isn't right. That like... You'd think they'd have figured this out by now and, like, maybe stopped doing it. Like, just just stop. It, it has a real so, optimism to it, really. Yeah, like, yeah. So, GOT7, I think, is one of the bigger uh, number groups. And mm-hmm. uh, it was the first group that my husband learned the name of because he asked, oh, what song are you listening to? And I forget which song. This was many years ago. It was probably, like, Girls or something. Like, just, you know, one of their early stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's by GOT7. And he was like, oh, why are they called GOT7? And I was like, because they've got seven members. And, then he, <laughs> and he was like, no. 
He's like, no, that's not why. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. That is why, sir. And he was like, I, I can't, I can't believe, no. I was like, that's why they're called that. I just want to come in. It is AB6. AB6. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also like that with AB6, they have the number six followed by IX. Yeah. Unnecessary. <laughs> but thank you for that. Yeah. So we have the one, it's D. The number one, C-E. So. Dice? I go with dice, but. Oh, no, no, I'm no, no. Sure. I, I know I what just, it is. I just looked it up. It's yeah. not what you'd think. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, is, dice would make sense. Dice and, makes and, sense, especially when you look at it, too. It, like, works when you read it. It looks and it fine. Actually, and it actually does make sense when you see how it's supposed to be pronounced but at the same time you're like this is really stupid go it go is d once d-e so d one and c-e so it actually does make sense technically technically um, uh, yeah. oh i was gonna mention I, I kind of have a vague theory on the use of numbers in a lot of these groups I wonder, especially, let, let's say they're pre-debut pre or they just debuted and they did have, let's say, five members or whatever, and that was in their name, and then it changed. I think it bothers them probably a little less since they speak Korean and the number is in English quite often with a lot of these names. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely if you read it, it's still a number, so they could... I don't know when they you can tell if they verbalize it if it's in English with their name that it still might not bother them quite as much as if it was in Korean. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying with that? Like, but like I also feel like if you actually know, like you're in this group that you know for a fact that the number in your name is because of the members, and then you debut with the less amount of members, I don't think I could ever not look at that. Even if it's in a different language and not go, hey, remember our training days with that one person that's not here? Like, especially that's if you're the fun. one person in the group that, like, that was your, like, friend. Your buddy. <laughs> right. yeah. your buddy yeah. And you're like, oh, they never made it. They still have to, like, account for them, like, a, a lot. Like, they have to explain things. Like, 17 still has to explain why it's 17. Like, they don't get out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you guys, because I don't remember, I can never remember why NCT 127 is one. It's because it's the, the latitude the or the longitude of, of yeah. soul. Oh, that's just why I forget a lot. Because it's like, okay, it's, it's weird, but like also you're like, okay, I, I get it. Like, right. I get what you had a, like a goal in mind that wasn't going to change because, you know. Yeah. It'd be like, I mean, it'd they be like doing like a 127 members. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that is their ultimate goal, though. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of like if you are a group and you had like an area code in your name, it's not going to change. Like, right. like if a member leaves, it's still like, gonna like D once it's a one. There's obviously more than one. Yeah. So it's like yeah. fine. <laughs> you get into like problems with some of the groups. Like here's an example. That we recently know now how to say it, but three. So the way it is spelled is the number three, 
and then a Y, and then an E. That's the whole name. So the way you say it is third eye. So they wanted you to really think hard about their tiny name, Sandy Pearl. In this one, there are three girls in this group, too. There are three girls. But man, when that first came out, it was like, is it? I is it thry? Is it what's what are we doing here? Or like because it could be like you know interesting it could be like three y e and like that's what's yeah. hard enough to be like I was like three y e cool. It works with their like because they're they're like you know like a little bit more like hip hop and like a little bit harder. So you're like yeah okay I get it. No <laughs> third I. So that's an example of. A tiny name that they wanted you to use that tiny name and expand it out, make the three into third, and then also use it for the E and the I. Like, they wanted you to work pretty hard. There's a lot. They want you to work for it. (laughs) Why can't they just make it easy, like, to anyone? Right? Well, see, it's not, like, easy because, like, technically... Like it's twenty one, so that's why it makes it harder because then you don't you're like okay it's two any one, but that's not what like everybody says it's twenty one. Now granted you could say both and be fine, but like yeah. for the most part someone's gonna say twenty one to you and then you're gonna be like I don't know who that is, especially because if someone was saying two any one you would you would never in your head think that it was actually spelled the way it is too. Mm. You know it's not like. In your head, when you someone says their group is called to anyone, you you'll just assume it's like to anyone instead of the number two, the letter N, the letter E. So this one this one is taking you on a journey. Okay, this was a group from the early two thousands. Their name is spelled the number five, T I O N. So five T I O N. Yeah, five so, five shen. Fiction? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, their name is pronounced Ocean because the Korean five is O. Yes. Uh, ocean. Also like it's like it's a double language it. pun, guys. <laughs> they a dual language. And, I actually, you know And did they have did they have five members? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. They had a real revolving cast. Of, <laughs> um, I was just curious. They currently have four. Um, as you can say, cur- currently, I don't think they've been active for quite a while. Quite a while. And then they had a literally a revolving cast like for example one guy left the group in 2001 then joined and left again in 2006 and then joined in 2012 and left again in 2014 so you're like okay calm down buddy (laughs) so it was like you know they've had a a revolt a revolving cast i do appreciate the um the pun though yeah i like the pun i want to mention 2z Mm-hmm. So, their band, they refer to themselves kind of by two different names, essentially. So, yeah. the number two in Z is probably the most common, but whenever they do, like, have a banner or a sign or something, that they usually put that as well as T-U semicolon Z-I, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of phonetically also spell it out quite often. Mm-hmm. So, I always find that interesting. That's nice. They also say it a lot in their songs. 
And it's not like that. It's confusing. There's more than two people in the band, just to be specific. There's more than two. And then there's this group, again, a sort of older one. I mean, the way it's written is 015B, but it's, their name is, they're a duo. So there's not five or 15 or anything like that. There's two people, but it's pronounced in Korean. So other than the B. So it's like Gong Ilo B. Gong Ilo B. One of the things I thought was clever with them is that, like, all of their discography, all their albums have numbers in the name, which I thought was kind of interesting. They've got they all these, like, into that number. Yeah, like, second episode, third wave, fourth movement, the big five, the sixth sense. They numbered all their albums, too. I'm curious. I can't find it on, like, Wikipedia or anything, so, but, like, I'm curious what the name means or what it stands for or where that came from. Now to to spin off of that, I, I have to I have to say there was a K-pop group called Alpha Bat. Do you guys know of this mm-hmm. K-pop group? Yes. And they leaned hard into like the alphabet side of things, which is like even with some of their songs and stuff. All of their members had Greek, I think, yeah, Greek alphabet names like they they were serious about their concept with the alphabet wow four minutes which is a little bit different yeah. like you can definitely see when you read it, it it's what you expect there's a number four and then minute there's not four members in the group and there never has been there's yeah. five members in the group one of the like downfalls of having this name is that it actually has a meaning behind it but like everybody just kind of like always forgot about one member constantly because it had four in the (laughs) title. The concept behind their name is that they were supposed to, like, draw you in under four minutes. So all their songs... They went too high concept with it. (laughs) Now, there's a uh, subunit, a Stray Kids subunit, that has possibly my favorite number in the name pun... And that is uh, Three Racha. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A play on the word Sri Racha, because they're, you know, raps are fire, and there's three of them. I just think that that name is hilarious. That, of course, has uh, Bang Chan, Chang Bin, and Ji Sung in it. Those are the members of Three Racha. The one that I was curious about was uh, JBJ95. I was like, well, where did they get that from? But they're like, I don't know if it's a subunit or like if JBJ is not together anymore and it's just these two kids, but like they were in JBJ and they're the 95 line. So they're Mm -hmm. the 95 line of JBJ. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like I, I, cool. 95. Got it. I prefer subunits making names. I think it's cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I kind of get bummed out. Like, Moonbin and Sanha for Astro, like, they're, you know, subunits. Like, that's just their names. Like, okay, we tried really hard with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yay, whatever. Like, in this day and age, when people are constantly coming up with, like, couples names and stuff, and you, you're like, come on. Like, <laughs> just ask, like, ask the fans. Yeah, like, the fans could probably come up with a unit name pretty easily. I did look up when... Also, that was called one. Well, it looks like fourteen U, but it is just one for you. Like, here's one for you. Here's the song for you. Kind of thing. There's only twelve that, members. 
again, if it was uh, originally there was going to be 14 kind of scenario, because um, there is, a, or is there 15 of them? I can't, I think there might, there might be 15 of them. Yeah, there's 15. So, <laughs> so they got 14 in their title, but there's 15 of them. One that always like throws me off is I-Z asterisk O-N-E. It's yes. a girl group. Yeah. I always want to say is one is how I always want to say it. Asterisk, like you would think that would be how it would. Yeah. Yeah. But it's eyes one. Oh, it's eyes one. I thought it was eyes own. No, and and it says specifically they put the asterisk there so it's not zone. Attention is another one. Yeah, attention. Definitely the they first said, time I saw Kitchen, I was like, that was that was a choice that they made. Well, they, they say they have ten members, so let's hope that remains the case for these <laughs> yeah. beautiful boys. Uptension, like, that's not really a word. No. <laughs> that's that's the thing, like, that's not a word. <laughs> and also, and also, they're, they're, you know how, like, fandoms will have, like, fan, like, they'll have their colors? There's are just three different shades of yellow, like a yellow gradient, my dudes. So when we said we were going to talk about a uh, number K-pop groups, I was like, I oh, man, I, at first, it's not that I couldn't think of any, but then as I started thinking, it was like two of my alts essentially these days are. I didn't, I didn't even think that hard. Two about of it. my alts have numbers in it, so <laughs> two p.m. and day six. 2 p.m. is just referencing an actual false thing, but, like, whatever. It's the hottest part of the day, which is, it's actually not 2 p.m., so I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then day six, which sadly is was named because of how many members they had, which is not six anymore, so. And do they explain it differently now? Yeah, it's the five members and then the, like, six is my day and then seven is or the rest day like they make it as like a day thing oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they worked on it i mean granted the six member left for early on but you still have like a an album with him on yeah. it so like they could have they could have gone more biblical with it been like and on the sixth day dot created yeah. music so for me uh super five they have a number in their name. They're a new trot yeah. boy group that has MJ from Astro and Hui from Pentagon. I've talked about them before. I'm going to talk about them more. It's the way it goes. Uh, <laughs> stand them. <laughs> stand them. They're cute. They have a really cool music video out now. It's new. It's about spies. It's adorable. Hot off the presses. Yes. And then K-Tiger Zero. They have a zero mm-hmm. in their name. Now, K-Tiger Zero, they're affiliated with just K-Tigers, but... The K-pop group is K-Tiger Zero. So the fact that I spaced on those two things made me kind of laugh. But those are my two picks. And I like 2Z a lot, too. But well, Yeah, one of my OG groups was S 501 So that's a number. And then they did a... It's not technically a subunit, but they have a S 301 The three of the members of the original five. So but... I, as someone who's definitely not familiar with the group, 
double S 501 was, what was the meaning behind that? It's superstar and then five becoming one. Is oh. the- so whenever they made then the second name, did that meaning still kind of hold? It, it holds because technically they're not disbanded. However, they're all at different companies and not at their original. So it's like, it's a little weird. Like even like when the subunit debuted, double S 501 is SS 501. Like that's how mm-hmm. it's written. It's just like it's produced or pronounced double S 501. But like the subunit actually had to have written out D-O-U-B-L-E. I see. Like maybe they can't use it unless all five of them come back as one unit, but they're all at different companies now. For me, I really like one team. I'm assuming it's one team. I'm assuming it's straightforward like that. <laughs> I've never bothered looking it up because I just assumed, but like, but now you wonder. what happens when you assume now I'm going to look it up. Cause I'm like, Oh, after this, after tonight, I'm like, everything is wrong. Everything I, <laughs> Believe I knew is wrong. That is a benefit of 17. 17 is 17. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. Wikipedia says one team, pronounced as one team. Good. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Thumbs up. There's also um surprise, which is five. Five. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> five surprise. <laughs> Which, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that every time one of them has a drama, I tend to tweet that surprise. But, like, okay, in my head, I say it, like, for prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for prize. Yeah. I do, like, Fiverr prize. Yeah. Like, five prize. Uh, <laughs> well, and then, what, what made that even more confusing is then there was another group that Fantagio did. When it was le- legit surprise, you, the letter U, there was no five in it, but you could tell it was like related kind of to the other, anyway, confusing. The one that I have still not been able to figure out is there's a Korean rapper, hip hop artist, and their name is Y number one and then two E's afterwards. And they are indie enough for English speakers that finding finding anything mm. beyond like here's their Spotify. When you're trying to Google it, there's not much out there. So I still have no idea if it's like Y one Yoni. Like I don't I don't know. I don't and I don't, you know, understand Korean, so listening to their music you know how sometimes they'll say their own name and say, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm hearing it in there and I'm just missing it. Right. Maybe it's like, I don't know, what's one in Korean? Like, maybe the one is pronounced in Korean. I don't know. If you know, yeah. drop us a line. Let me know. <laughs> please. Yeah, if please you're familiar with that artist. Please. The mystery needs to be solved. <laughs> As someone who I've never really preferred numbers over like words and letters, like you pretty much insert numbers, a a numerical thing into like letters and my brain short circuits a little bit. Like I don't, it's difficult for me to (laughs) know what to do with it. Like an example is black six. I'm assuming it's black six. Mm. Yeah. But 
it could be Black 6X. I looked that one up because I was wondering. And yes, the, the Hangul, when you read it, is Black 6. Well, you know, Black 6. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Black 6. So... Yeah. That is that is another thing to like note about. Even if the name is in English, sometimes the way the group pronounces it, or definitely mm. the way the Korean fans can pronounce or fan chant too. Like for instance, Astro is very much that way. They sometimes call themselves Astro, but definitely within their fan chants, they they go Korean with it, obviously, because that would make so it's Astro. <laughs> so there's like another beat that you mm-hmm. usually wouldn't get. English side. So the wondrous world of K-pop numbers within names. They're going to keep happening. It's it's not stopping. Math math is the universal language after all. So (laughs) (laughs) To piggyback on my other theory, I also think the insertion of numbers, especially when they're saying it in English within their name, I think they probably think it's cooler to them because since they're Korean like oh it's a cool thing to do whereas English side we're like eh that just makes it hard man like we don't yeah. understand like they go for like the aesthetic of it and we're like ooh mm. we don't like that well that's the thing like I mean like ch- chances are that like the group never actually had any sort of say on, on the name whatsoever right. so then it's like it's people who think it's cool but not actually cool like, it reminds me of the whole on-tax thing. All the English-speaking Korean people were like, no, that's not a great use of that term. But whoever was in charge was like, no, it's cool. We're going to do it now. And all the English-speaking so people weird. were like, oh, it just doesn't work that way, man. But okay. They don't, like, think about SEO. And even if you take out, like, stuff that would be, like, for us, you search Astro and you're going to get astrology no matter like what yeah. language or country you're searching it in. And so I don't understand why you don't, there's not a push to actually figure out good SEO names. Which I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what Astro did wrong. Maybe they should have like taken the S out and put a five in there. <laughs> and then like, that's what... we'd be able to find them. <laughs> Maybe that's why they do it. They're like, you know what? We have a that's perfect true. name, but if we throw a number in here, people will find it. That's you true. Can't find surprise on Google, but if it's five for us, <laughs> yeah, Very I'm just, just saying, okay. just okay. saying. Maybe I, I I misspoke. Maybe I didn't give them enough credit with these numbers and them. Well, this has been another episode of the Certified Newness. Thank you for listening. You can listen to us wherever you listen to us now, but if you want to mix it up, we are on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, and of course, all of our episodes can be found on our website, certifiednewness.com, where we also have some other fun little things. Just, you know, chill it out there on the old website. Just, you know. For, for y'all, if you want to become an official sponsor of the podcast, you can go to ko-fi.com slash certified Nunas and become one of our certified squad. Woo, woo. Uh, that's just, you know, we're, we're shopping some names for the family. <laughs> for, for the fam. That's, that's not an official, that's not an official name. To officially shop, she just no, randomly. Did. I just randomly pulled that out. Uh, <laughs> Next week will be different. Don't we're worry. Yeah, who knows? Yep. Don't worry about it. Um, Maybe we love you all should of have our thrown sponsors. in a number. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. certified, but the I is a one. one. <laughs> uh, we love all of our sponsors. They keep the lights on uh, at this podcast. Uh, so thank you for everyone who has become a sponsor. And if you want to become one, we would appreciate you too. So we hope you have a safe week. Keep wearing your masks and washing your hands. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.